friends, welcome to the Gosha Guide podcast hosted by your resident Gosha Guide, Mahalit. I'm a wellness astrologer who coaches high achievers to heal the hustle and fuel success with cosmically aligned wellness. Gosha is the Ethiopian practice of hand feeding a loved one a bite of food, but there is a superstition that only one Gosha will actually curse the relationship between the two people, which inevitably leads to a second Gosha. The Gosha Guide podcast is my way of inviting you to explore a new perspective on wellness, redefining what soul-centered success looks like, and falling in love with your own magic. Join the community by subscribing and taking your first step in your cosmic wellness journey. Welcome back to the Gosha Guide podcast. How much have you changed since the last full moon that I recorded, which was the Scorpio full moon lunar eclipse. I knew that the energy of that moment was so potent and how much transformation would be coming into our lives as a collective and individually, but I really had no idea what was in store. For me personally, there are significant changes in my life that feel almost unrecognizable from that period in time. And looking around at the collective, there has been just so much change, whether it's in our laws, our policies, our economy. doesn't really feel like, if you're living in the United States, at least, but I think every corner of the world has been affected. We're just not living in the same kind of season that we have been. We really are undergoing a collective transformation. And for all these reasons, I feel more excited, inspired, and committed to this work more than ever, honestly. I think that this period of change in our world, but especially in the United States, which we can astrologically understand as this 12-year period period of the peak of the U.S. Pluto return, there is a deep need for us to really develop the expertise and what it means to nourish ourselves and our communities. This is a season over and over again where it's showing us the importance of having a village, the importance of understanding what you are best at, what your best service is, what your best offering is, and how to bring that to a group and understanding how that changes too. Because how we show up best is not just our job. It's not just what we identify as or what we are studying or what roles we believe that we have played. There's so many capacities in which your soul purpose can be unfolding. But before I dive into a lot more themes that we're going to be seeing in this upcoming full moon and the beautiful opportunity of reflection that we have with nature hitting this halfway point in the year on the Western calendar, I first wanted to give you some personal updates, some brand updates, um, some exciting behind the scenes. So if you've all been following on Instagram, you have seen like the trifecta of life changes that I am now engaged to my partner Heath and I'm very, very excited. That was Memorial Day weekend in Chicago it was such a beautiful surprise. I really honestly, I can't say enough how much I had 
no idea what he was planning. He really just schemed so well to get us back to campus that weekend. Um, and initially, we were just going to apartment shop in Chicago. Yes, I am moving to Chicago. We are moving to Chicago. This is a decision we made actually like not long after moving into our current place that we are in um, about two months, three months into our lease. There was a series of events that where we realized that we really just wanted to be closer to family. We really wanted the rooting of a cultural community, and Heath's job is based in Chicago. And so all these things kind of kept pulling us back to the city that we love, the city where we first met and went to college. So Memorial Day weekend was a weekend to look for an apartment, or so I thought. Back in Chicago, the only other thing we had planned was... Heath had said we were going to campus, back to campus, for our friend's event. Our friend is studying to get his PhD and is at the stage of his program where it would not be uncommon to have, like, academic events where you're, you know, sharing what you're researching about or a networking event or whatever. And he had described this event that Chandler had, he was going to, that's the name of our friend, and that he was going to be speaking there, and we should go support him, and it's like schmoozy professor vibe, so we should dress nice, but we'll probably do something after, more fun. And so I was excited, I was excited to go to this event, I was excited to go back on campus for the first time in three years. We got to campus, parked, we're walking past the dorms that we both lived in, past the place that we had just met and he stops me and shows me a video on his phone um, which is just this beautiful collection of memories and also includes video footage of him asking my parents for their blessing. Now in Ethiopian culture you actually don't introduce boyfriends to your parents typically. I remember encountering this like cultural debacle when I was in college and he first wanted to meet my parents we were seniors, and he wanted to come home to California with me for spring break. <laughs> and I had already met his parents, like, several times at this point, and we're only months from graduation. And I remember asking my parents if he can come, and my dad was like, why does he need to come? Are you getting married? And we're like, no, we're not getting married now. We're, so, we're still young. Like, we're going to law school. And it was just because there's this cultural norm where usually you don't, introduce the boyfriend and the first time the boyfriend is meeting the parents is like when asking for the blessing so because of that we have a culture of sending shamagalis which is sending uh, male elders in your family that the um, gentleman who wants to ask sends shamagalis on his behalf to the family's home to advocate on why um, he would make a good partner to the daughter and so in order to honor that part of the tradition he had all of his shamagales or elders record parts of video where they were advocating about how wonderful he is and why he'd make such a great husband and he put that into um, a video for my parents and showed it to them during that video. So that was just 
so special to me that he found a way to send his elders from thousands of miles away. My parents live in Ethiopia. And we were even just laughing over the internet issues he had when he was asking them for their blessing over over a Zoom call and how it went out at these crucial moments. So many beautiful memories. Um, and yeah, it was a beautiful weekend. We found our apartment up north. We were so excited to move and are celebrating this new chapter. And soon after that, I also left my nine to five job to continue to pursue Jaswan Gursha full time. Now, this is something that was a huge, huge goal of mine for 2022. Honestly, it's probably the goal I could not stop thinking about um, as I really wanted to leave it. And I just kept calling in the opportunities, the next level, the quantum leaps, um, the blessings that would be able to allow me to do that. One big thing that has changed in 2022 is that I was able to create a lot more streams of income for the business. And I I genuinely feel so blessed because I was so, so done, so done with my nine to five. And I really did not think I was at that point yet. I thought we're moving. It's, you know, I really want to play it safe and just work through the move and maybe work through the fall. But it was just very clear to me there were too many signs that it was the right time to make the leap. When I tell you it was the right time to make the leap, I cannot tell you how quickly those 50 hours a week that I had were completely consumed by the additional work and business and creating that I get to do now. So I feel so grateful that um, I am in a position where I had left and it's like, it feels like the business really needed those hours from me. And much earlier on in this process of just one Gosha, I had a period of time where I had stepped away from nine to five work, but it just felt so different. It felt like at that point I was still like in the product ideation, you know, just really tinkering, really figuring out, okay, what is my best, my most aligned offering to help people in this way. And to now have it be like, there are services, experiences and offerings that clients are enjoying so much and want more of that the business really needed the time, attention and love for me to be able to invest that into it. So it has been a beautiful and hectic almost month, like a few weeks of me working for myself. I feel so grateful. It's great that things are busy. It's uh, an exciting busy. I've, I'm not doing anything that makes me want to like pull my hair out, but you know, I'm just definitely experiencing um, more of entrepreneur life of constantly figuring out solutions to problems. I don't know anything about <laughs> constantly just trying to figure out how to make things work. But I will say and it's clear in my astrology, my Aries moon, my 12th house Capricorn. It's I am so happy when I am in a position when I can own my time. And I am so much happier when I can like hunt for my food. Um, that is what really draws me to this kind of work. But not only that, I don't see a space in which I could do something like this, in which I can 
teach a spiritual wellness in which I can create this kind of healing within nine to five structures that exist now. So I feel super blessed to be able to create this, to share this offering with all of you. And speaking of offerings, we are going through a big, big brand revamp, rebirth transformation this month. You can expect in 10 days, it is July 10th now, so in 10 days, a brand new website, a brand new look, branding, logo. It is insane. I've been working on the aesthetics for, I mean, over three months at this point in this vision for this moment. Things like the photo shoot and some content you've seen from that. There's been so much behind the scenes on Instagram, but I'm so excited to bring this to the forefront. I feel like this is a huge move in order to expand my capacity to be able to invite in more clients, experience the magic of feeling the joy and power and nourishment of having daily rituals that really fuel you on a soul level. If you all haven't visited my offerings in a while, you can work with me one-on-one by booking a birth chart reading. Now, I have a general birth chart reading, which is an hour offering, and I recommend that to anybody who has never done a birth chart reading before. But I also have specialized birth chart readings. So I offer a wellness reading, which is specifically designed for us to focus on daily rituals relating to wellness. Wellness to me includes spiritual wellness, mental wellness, it includes nourishment, it includes movement, it also includes the mindset around um, body image. The birth chart can give us a lot of insight into our relationships in these areas and the whole hour is focused on wellness if you book a wellness reading. And similarly with the soul purpose reading, that is really geared toward those who are looking for a lot more direction in how they serve the world, whether that's how you work, whether that's in creating a business, um, whether that is in trying to find satisfaction in your field and your joy and trying to figure out um, what to study or how to specialize when you're in graduate school. There are a variety of interests and questions that bring people into that reading, but it is much more rooted in, I would say, um, career, not just on a day-to-day work level, but on a long-term legacy. What is the legacy that you want to leave in this world kind of level? Because I have done a sole purpose reading with clients who are very, very young, and it's still so informative and gives so much guidance um, to how they can be successful in the environments they're in. I also offer business birth chart reading. So I have one-on-one clients for whom I create um, social media content, and their content is actually based in a strategy we've created around their business birth chart. So business birth chart can give us a lot of insight into marketing, into what is the core reason that people are attracted to the business's work, um, what are people looking for when they come to it, what makes this business really stand out on a core level. and how a business can better understand um, to position itself so that its aligned clients are identifying it from like miles and miles away. 
This has been so rewarding to not only offer these readings to my one-on-one clients, but have a continued working relationship with them. And so I thought, why don't I offer this, you know, overall, if there's anybody who has a business idea or who has an organization and wants to dive deep into the, like the heart and soul of that organization, I wanted to offer the experience to do a business birth chart reading as well. Now, these readings are the current way to work with me one-on-one, but you, what you can expect to see very, very, very soon is to have sessions where you can book one-off sessions for spiritual mentorship. Spiritual mentorship is a space to continue the integration from the really deep healing work we do in these um, birth chart readings, right? A lot of times clients are leaving birth chart readings and have so many insights and so many tools to work with, but not a space to really continue to work on the integration. And I believe integration has been so essential to my own wellness to have an area to come back to and figure out how I'm going to take these theoretical things or these ideas that I have for my wellness and my daily life and to actually fit them into my life um, in a sustainable and a gradual way. And I'm very passionate about this process because I'm a person who used to get so caught up in like perfectionism, adopting a really intense framework for achieving wellness goals or really intense framework for my spiritual practice, and then would feel really dissatisfied when I felt like I couldn't get it quite perfectly. And it's being able to master the 1% changes and the 1% improvements, I think people like laugh and think it's too easy when they hear me talk a lot about the 1% changes. But let me tell you, there is nothing like the snowball effect. Doing a little bit of something every day, it, it just gets so much easier. And I believe that there is a beautiful opportunity to hold space for people who want to take the wisdom of the readings, integrate it into daily life, and continue to build on that skill set in order to continue to pave success and joy and empowerment. So I am excited to expand one-on-one offerings in this way to create these sessions and opportunities to counsel and support you all. So if you felt called to explore any of those reading experiences, you can learn more about this in the show notes and you can book your reading with me at the link. There are very limited spots this month because like I said, we are moving, but there is time available for you to still have the experience and I cannot wait to read your birth chart for you. Now that I've been giving you some personal updates, we got the business updates, what you can expect for just one gorsha. I'd love to revisit this collective shift we're feeling. I'm going to be honest. The astrology of the United States is Pluto return. I just can't, I can't say enough is a journey of rebirth, of breaking to reform something different. Now, there's two elements to this. One is the breaking down of structures, of norms, of our sense of what reality, our American life is, of watching that crumble, watching things like 
rights that had been protected by law no longer be protected right before our eyes. And there is grief that comes with that. I felt deep grief hearing the decision of um, Roe versus Wade, of hearing the decision that teachers can lead students in prayer in school because um, even as a devout Ethiopian Orthodox Christian, I don't think it's appropriate for prayer to be led in public schools. It's not the world we were born into or raised into or even lived in last year or two years ago. And I think it's important to honor that grief as the waves come, as we watch things change, to feel the emotions that almost parts of our life and the world are dying. And I think it's healthy to look at things as if they're dying because what is unhealthy and what is delusional and what has not been working is this constant talk like things are going to go back to the way they were. First of all, how were they? Not great. (laughs) Not great. So going back doesn't sound interesting at all. But not only that, there is no back. There is only forward. We will never be the same after this. And, you know, we have the habit of humans of kind of like wishing to go back to nostalgia, of like being nostalgic about a certain point in a relationship. You know, oh, things were so good when we were at this stage of our relationship. Or being in nostalgia about our relationship with our homeland, our country, our community. And I think it's time that we be honest about it. COVID, there is no going back to pre-COVID. There is no end of COVID. There is no when there was COVID. We are in a plague. (laughs) We are in a plague. And we are in the equivalent of what we read in history books is watching empires crumble. Like when the Roman Empire was crumbling and was instituting laws that really, really stepped on the rights of people. That's what empires do as they're crumbling. It's like clawing to hold on. On one side, there is grief. But on the other hand, this is a time that really requires us to intentionally create to create the things that are going to replace the things that are crumbling. What would it be like if it were our ideal? What do our ideal communities look like? What does our ideal world look like? What is our role in being able to create that? Literally back to the village model. It's really interesting to me in the Western world how, um, you know, a lot of times there would be just so much poverty porn about Africa and showing these like rural villages the kind of villages I have family living in and just show how poor it is and how much infrastructure does not exist there. And the truth is those communities are stronger than our infrastructures in the United States. This is a country where we felt like we could commodify and outsource everything about community. There are so many studies that really compare our generation right now to the generation that was in World War II. And I think there's something not only humbling, but empowering about thinking about this shift in that way, if you are a millennial, of thinking about what we are currently in as a new age war, a new age transformation, to think about where 
you feel that your energy is most aligned. It doesn't mean like committing your whole entire work to it, but like, what are you doing after work? Do you talk to your neighbors? Do you have a garden at home with a a few herbs? Are you providing yourself an opportunity to have any food from nature without having to go to the grocery store? If grocery stores, if supply chains were to be further impacted, would you be able to sustain yourself from the kind of food that you consume or are you dependent on eating out only? And would another lockdown make it really difficult for you to nourish yourself? Questions like, what kinds of services can you get just within your bubble of your community? Is there anybody that you can exchange services with? Is there anybody that has, do you have friends that have different skills than you? Or does everyone work on computers and not know how to do anything else? These are really important questions I think we should ask ourselves. I mean, it's not to say, like, I know there's an area of TikTok where people are, like, into, like, prepping for doomsday. Um, I don't, I, I mean, if that's your path, that's your path. But I'm not saying that that's what's needed. But looking at the world around us and saying the institutions are not going to control our quality of life. What the institutions can't provide, we provide to each other. That's actually what institutions are. They're just a bunch of people put together to do something. So when institutions crumble, it's sad, it's life-altering, it's transformational, but it does not stop the people from supporting each other to provide what people need because that's in us. It's not in the institutions. So I invite you all to reclaim the power of what's being lost as these institutions fall. And to dive into a sense of idealism about what can be in the future, what would be best case scenario. And to say, what is the 1% thing? What is the one small step that I can make to get us towards that vision? We're coming up on a full moon, Capricorn full moon, in just a few days here. And this moon is very powerful. It's called a buck moon. And if you all don't know, this is one of my favorite things about learning about the roots of astronomy and astrology in Ethiopia. You know, astrology really shows us how connected we are to nature. So the Capricorn moon is called a buck moon because it is the point at which the antlers on the bucks up north where the antlers have gotten to the full peak. They shed their antlers and they regrow every year and they regrow stronger. And the Capricorn full moon is called the buck moon because it's the time of year when the antlers are at their largest. And what this is an opportunity to look at is really rooted in that metaphor. Take a look at the last six months and see which of your crazy dream ideals intentions manifestations and prayers that you set at the beginning of the year how many of them have actually come to fruition probably and i mean a hundred percent of the time in ways that you didn't expect and not only to find a sense of gratitude in what has already come to fruition but to also release the emotions of the kind of person you transformed into in order to achieve that I know for myself, even just starting with this reflection and starting to think about the full moon energy, it feels like 
I had to be rebirthed and born again like four times in 2022 um, to make it to this point where I feel like I'm seeing back-to-back blessings for things I've been working for um, or praying for, hoping for, for a very long time. And to me, this is why, I mean, this is not just why I also have eighth house Jupiter, but I'm not scared of transformation. I think the only thing I get scared of is when we so tightly try to hold on to things as if they're forever or as if they're a norm. Because I believe that change is our only constant. And I think that life gets much more beautiful when we learn how to ride the waves of the change. When we find gratitude in the way that we got to our goal, even if it isn't the way we expected or planned for. And I think it's beautiful when we can create a relationship with the divine where we can set out our heart's desires and release the expectations of how they need to come into fruition Right. The how is we're all so connected that I feel like every for everything to happen, it requires a thousand or a million perfectly instrumented things for that one thing to come in the first place. There's like such a beautiful order to nature. I believe it's more important than ever to engage with the process of this transformation. That doesn't mean constantly watching the news because I'm not doing that for my self-care. It doesn't mean constantly trying to burn yourself out by, you know, always being active or always serving. That's not the case. But to have a practice and a discipline around caring for yourself, deeply caring for yourself so much so that with the overflow that you have, you are able to be there for others around you. Because this is a time where we do need to be with each other more than ever. We can't always avoid burnout. We can't always avoid the overload of being in seasons that are really difficult or full of trauma or full of change. We definitely can't avoid those things. But to be committed to the healing, to be committed to really showing up for yourself is something that we can all do. So with this update, I just wanted to send you all love. I wanted to send you all love and say that I... Hope that you are finding the perfect balance of filling your own cup, of processing what's happening in the collective, and in being able to find your rooting in the seeds of what you are planting for the future. I am so excited for what's to come. I hope your week is full of wishes and love. 